This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's the Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Prices so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. By the way, come in and uh, over the weekend, say B-O-O-M, boom. And they're going to take an uh, additional 10% off the already low price. Uh, I, I want to correct you on something. You, you said earlier in the show, you said, as I like to say, boom. Uh, that didn't originate with you. Wait, what? You, you said something along the lines. Is like I've said, like I like to say, boom. You lifted that from our dear friend Tom. I'm sorry? <laughs> I thought you were t- I thought you were taking yeah, you know, you were claiming it for your own. No. Okay. I just want to make that clear. Wow, what a necessary correction. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'm I dearly sorry. <laughs> Should we get to Sam? Quickly. Uh yeah, go ahead, Austin. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Out to the Smart Rain special guest line we go. It's no mystery. Utah is in an extreme drought. That is why Smart Rain is the solution for any commercial property concerned about water consumption while managing irrigation smartly. Find out more at smartrain.net. Sam Amick, of course, senior NBA writer for The Athletic. What's up, Sam? How are you? Good, guys. How you doing? We're doing well, Sam. I wanted to start by singing your praises because you asked uh, – Giannis a question the other day and his response to that question I'm sure you've gotten plenty of response back but uh, his response to your question made my day I mean the one when he was talking about thinking of the past and and in the moment and then into the future uh and and I just that that gave us a glimpse into the way that guy thinks and it's refreshing man no, I appreciate it. Thank you, Gordon. It was a fun moment. Um, you know, it's, he had been talking about ego, and he had used that word previously in that interview session. And, yeah, it just got me curious and, and followed up by asking, you know, about who taught him, you know, the importance of humility and being in the moment. And it obviously went beyond basketball. And I, I found there, I found myself sitting there, Going, man, I'm 43. He's 26. Uh, I certainly, uh, I don't even know if I have that figured out now, but he had it figured out. And, you know, I think it showed in the way he played and the way he experienced these finals. He kept having this this kind of ethos of enjoy the moment, compete, um, 
you know, and then the outcome will be the outcome. Now that's easier said than done. I mean, after two games, you know, he kind of admitted that like you're trying to enjoy it and it's very challenging to enjoy it when you're losing and they were down 0-2. So, um, but his head was in a very good place and, and obviously it showed in the way he played. Is he the unicorn, Sam? Because, I mean, between that answer and ordering the 50 nuggets at Chick-fil-A and his interaction <laughs> with fans, and, he, you know, he's a tough guy, but he has that demeanor. I mean, he's just so easy to root for. Gordon and I have said that over and over again. I mean, And now- seen the scene when he came from behind the da- that table and hugged the, the young girl who had written a, a book uh, highlighting. Uh, it, I guess th- this is less a, a, a question than an opinion, Sam, but there, all of a sudden the conversation is coming up about him being the face of the of the NBA, and you know, part of me is thinking, "Wow, I really hope so." <laughs> yeah, and I mean, to his credit, man, I, I can't tell you guys how much I enjoyed the media part of the finals. And you got to understand that, and we've talked about this before. Like, you know, it's been so frustrating having to to make chicken soup out of chicken you know what for (laughs) you know most of the last year because we didn't have access and so and on a personal note you know i think i may have shared this in the past but like you know i'm part of the the group at the pro basketball writers association that pushed really hard for this exact uh, model where we would have you know there was a time where i thought there was going to be no media access even in the nba finals in person and so we had pushed for uh, an environment where you had limited numbers, like 15 or 18 reporters um, who were vaccinated, who agreed to test. And a lot went into it. And, man, did it feel like it paid off. And, honestly, it was super gratifying because even forget about our priorities. And this is, you know, the NBA is going to look out for the NBA. And, and our contention to them now, and I think they agree, is like, you know, whether it's the Giannis moment or conversations with Monty or Chris Paul reflecting, like their fans, I think, got to learn more about the coaches and players and who they are and how they're wired than they would have otherwise. And, and that was a pretty cool thing for me to see. So, Sam, your reaction to the Bucks winning it all, uh, it seemed like they were the more prepared, uh, more determined, more mature team. Yeah, I mean, it's it's never as simple as you know, we kind of focus on who's got the best player, and that does matter a lot. But it's like, as LeBron's learned, if, if you don't have any help, then, then you're going to lose a lot of finals. But, man, like, Giannis, at one point it was like, you're just going, you know, <laughs> if Drew Holiday and Chris can just, can, if they can come in with, like, C-plus efforts, you felt like the Bucks still might win it because Giannis had gone to some ridiculous place with his performance. And they were much better than C+. Plus. You know, they stepped up in a big way defensively in the, the past or the last five games, um, you know, more so the last four, obviously. But then, you know, Giannis just being spectacular. Like, I just – I didn't know he had that in him. Um, you know, the, the way he attacked, the way he defended the five blocks in the finale, these iconic plays. You got the alley-oop with Holiday. You got the block. I mean, it's just incredible, and you're watching this, and it was fun to make, you know, to get reminded that, you know, there's days when when I might be guilty of feeling a little bit jaded on the job, but then in this series, you walk away thinking to yourself, like, all right, 50 years ago, it was Kareem and Oscar that sent the Milwaukee people, you know, out happy into the night, 
And it's like this this dude right here, Giannis, like he did things that Kareem never did. He did things that LeBron's never done. Um, you know, you do not see, you know, 50, whatever it was, 14 and 5. It doesn't happen, especially in a closeout game. He ties Bob Pettit for the most points in a closeout game. Michael Jordan's, I think, was 45. And to, to do it while, um, you know, kind of, I, I know it's a tired cliche of like proving people wrong, but like we all know how much of a part of his story the free throws have been. And to hit 17 out of 19 free throws and know that you won by seven. So obviously if you, you know, you shoot nine out of 19, you lose that game. And nine out of 19, like, that's very much within reach for him. <laughs> and I couldn't believe that he was up there you know, looking like Steve Nash in free throws. Sam, uh, when, when Phoenix was up 2-0 in the series, a lot of the conversation naturally was about Chris Paul and what he could do for his legacy with an NBA title and uh, you know what, where that would cement him among point guards. We had David Locke on, on the air, and he was talking about where he would fit all time. So I guess the, uh, I'll ask about the opposite. Is there damage to his legacy that he came up short again? I, I don't personally think so. Um, it was an incredible run. He made the most of it. He had a few tough games in the middle. But it's, you know, I mean, to me, I still just, I still love what his story represents for this year. You know, he, he, I mean, let's not forget, plenty of Hall of Famers retired before they were 36 years old. And at 36, he reshaped his body, reshaped his diet, was healthy, led a young team in the kind of way that, I mean, you know, you cannot lose sight of the fact that nobody thought the Phoenix Suns were going to be in the finals. But, I mean, nobody. You'll find me one panelist who said this. So it's a huge accomplishment to get the Suns to the finals. You know, he finishes on a fairly high note in the finale. He played pretty well. Um, but you just, to, for me, you just have to, the focus has to be on the other side and giving credit where credit is due. I mean, you know, the whole idea, oh, Chris is falling off in the finals. Yeah, he's falling off because Drew Holiday is an incredible defender and was picking him up at 75 feet and turning him over and making his life miserable. And he's much bigger than Chris, and he's strong and he's fast. And that, you know, and, and when Drew took a break giving Chris Paul fits, he jumped over to Devin Booker and gave him fits. So, I mean, he, you know, Chris didn't choke. Chris didn't you know, just drop the ball here. Um, they just, I think the Bucks were the better team. They just happened to be a better team that, that had a personality of routinely not playing up to their, uh, you know, their uh, capability. And once they got that figured out in the past four games, then, you know, they were off to the races. I'll uh, give Jake credit for this because he has underscored it time and time again. But the importance of the two-way player, and it seems as though with what the Bucks were able to accomplish with Giannis, obviously playing hard at both ends of the floor. Uh, you had Drew Holiday, who struggled at times at the offensive end, but still had some big games too. And obviously, as you've been talking about, his his influence at the defensive end was notable uh, we're kind of hoping this catches on a little bit, and some of these superstar players, like uh, Damian Lillard, maybe maybe Donovan Mitchell, maybe others, will start stressing the defensive end a little more. Yeah, no, it's huge. You know, you, you you've got to have it. You know, when I, I still run into 
people all the time that say that nobody defends in today's NBA, and I get it. You know, hand checking did change things. I just had a guy on the plane yesterday that you know was lamenting and kind of you know waxing poetic about the '80s and and everybody beating each other up, and it was a much different game for sure. But they do defend right now, and the ones who don't, you know, they just they don't find themselves in the in the finals. You know, that's why we'll never know. But you know, Brooklyn. It's it's so wild, and, and this is the case to varying degrees every year. But you know the what if moments, like if Kevin Durant takes you know a step back by six inches or three inches and hits that three in Game Seven against Milwaukee, then the Nets are on the way. But independent of that, the Nets were an awful defensive team, and and by and large, you know folks questioned whether or not they'd be able to win a championship with that kind of terrible defense. So it does matter, um, you know, and, and you saw that consistency. Chris Middleton's a very good defender, too. And, and Giannis, I think, you talk about vindication, guys, like, you know, playing like a boss in the kind of way that fellow superstars, I think, questioned whether or not he could. But then also on the defensive side, how much criticism did he take, you know, in the bubble when he, he wouldn't guard Jimmy Butler and players are questioning which players he was guarding and why he was, getting the defensive player of the year award um, and, you know, and then to, to defend the way that he did in the series too, I thought was there was some redemption there. Sam, I know we've asked you some similar questions to this uh, in, in previous weeks, but what do you think the jazz off season is going to look like? Uh, it's, it's, it's a unique one because it's, you know, I feel like the focus is just all the way at the top, you know, with Ryan Smith, being in this mode seemingly of of, uh, of taking a good thing and trying to make it a very good thing and trying to make it great. Um, I just don't know, you know, what that's going to look like. Uh, talking front office, you know, certainly Quinn Satter is not going anywhere. But um, then with the roster, just kind of recalibrating and figuring out the Mike Conley situation, figuring out, you know, around the edges what else they want to do. Um, the West – it's, we say it uh, every year, it seems like, but the parody is going to be wild. I mean, when, when Monty Williams, the Suns coach, was, was getting emotional talking about you don't know if you're going to be back to the finals, it really struck a chord with me because it was like that's particularly true in the West. You know, if, if the Jazz got a few breaks here and there, this could have been them, and maybe it'll be them next year. Who knows? But the parody means that just the numbers alone, if you've got six, seven teams with the type of talent that you know, where you could imagine a scenario where they get to the finals, then uh, then who knows how it unfolds. But you know, Jazz will be right there again. Just to imagine, you, know, you mentioned Donovan is his head in a good place going into next year, and uh, and just trying to to figure out their spirit before they move forward. I think. I like what you said there, Sam, about uh, the the toe of Kevin Durant and how narrow the differences between getting bounced earlier and being a champion and you know health comes into play there's all these factors that come into play and maybe that's one of the reasons that we're so intrigued by it all it's hard to do and there are all kinds of factors that come into play and the fact that the the bucks had struggled in in previous years to get to the promised land and now they do maybe that's uh, an indicator that uh, it can happen for a team like the jazz 
No doubt. I mean, this one probably had more more what ifs than ever. You know, the Mets lose Harden, they lose Kyrie, um, Kevin Durant's just out there doing magical things, and it still wasn't enough. You know, literally by the tip of his toe. The thing I do love about the way the Bucks finished it, though, is that and really both teams give the Suns credit. You know, they had to get through the West Finals without Chris Paul for two games because of COVID. Um, that's a big accomplishment. So, you know, they caught a few breaks, but they overcame a few bad breaks too. And with the Bucks, I mean, we just we guys we cannot forget in terms of the way this story gets written. You know, we probably talked about it last week, but like, let's let's hit the rewind button. I'm in that hotel room lobby in Phoenix, going into Game One, running into Giannis Antetokounmpo, and he, yeah, we didn't know if he was going to play. You know, and I even heard at the time that after I left, there were some kids who wanted to take a picture with him, and he normally would be real accommodating, and he didn't want to. And, and the person who saw this happen thought that he made that choice because he had a big old brace on his knee, and he just didn't really want any pictures of him looking feeble, you know what I mean? And and this was the night before game one. So he goes from thinking he had a torn ACL, thinking he was out for a very long time, to, you know, and if you watch that replay, you just sit there and go, no, that, that person couldn't have played basketball for at least another month, even if it wasn't a torn ACL. And he goes out and averages 35, 14, and 5 in the NBA Finals with almost two blocks and, and more than a steal per game. Um, so the Bucks overcame stuff too, even at the end. I mean, I can tell you, the NBA and the Bucks and everybody, man, it was really, it was really, really, really edgy at the end in relation to COVID. There was a, a great fear that the NBA Finals were going to get shut down by COVID. And when Panassas out of the Kupo was put in protocol, and that's being somebody who's as close to Giannis as anybody, it's like, man, they, you know, I mean, we were kind of talking about how. Normally, the NBA would love a Game 7. They did not want a Game 7 this time. Like, they were trying to get this thing over the finish line. Sam, I don't know if you've ever dabbled in screenwriting, but I'll tell you what, the Giannis story could make one heck of a movie. <laughs> make a little know, money man. there, right? Disney, uh, Disney's already ahead of the game on that. they got something coming out on it. Really? But, but yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah, I, believe, I think that's already out there. But hmm. the story is remarkable, and the cool thing about his moment is that for the first time ever, he started sharing it. You know, he's been real protective of his story. And, uh, and it's, it's one that's, you know, that is universal, obviously international, but this kid, the one quote guys, I'll, I'll leave you with this, but like, it just hit me when he sat there and he was like, he, he said in the press conference, he says eight and a half years ago, when I came into the NBA, I didn't know where my next meal was going to come from. Wow, you know, and that's that's where he's coming from. So, quite a story. Well, if I were Giannis, I'd be calling up Sam Amick to write my uh, write my story for get, me, get a write, write my book on. for me, yeah, yeah whatever. Right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Appreciate so. you guys. I'll I'll give the nod to my guy, uh, Aaron. Maybe we'll do a co-author. Eric Name is our Bucks beat writer. He, he does a tremendous job and then killed it all through the finals. But yeah, it's it's been a fun story to cover because I don't get out there that much. So. I kind of just leaned into it and like, let me just become the, try to be the the uh, the, the new uh, Giannis whisperer for a couple of weeks. <laughs> well, Sam, uh, we can't thank you enough, of course, for appearing on the show today. But uh, the whole season, you just um, help our listeners and and provide such amazing coverage. We just uh, we can't thank you enough for it all. You got it, guys. Look forward to to talking in a few months and enjoy some downtime. Hopefully. 
Appreciate you. Hey, boy, should we let Sam have some time? Uh, we yeah. give him some time off. All That's right, probably right. Uh, probably the right <laughs> thing to do. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. See Thank you, guys. Sam. See ya. That's our friend Sam Amick, senior NBA writer um, for the Athletic, and and yeah, Sam was all over the finals. I mean, I was having uh, I was having like secondhand celebrity. Sam was going viral so much with his fantastic questions. I was like, I know that guy. <laughs> I know, <yeah. laughs> beaming right. <laughs> hey, you know that guy that asked that question? It no, was, I know that on guy. Our show. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's so good and. Um, you know, Austin says this all the time, but, uh, you know, if you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, I think Sam's uh, coverage alone is worth uh, yeah, is no worth doubt. the subscription, and not to mention all the, the other great writers, both locally and nationally on The Athletic, but but Sam's awesome. Yeah, he's one of the good ones on, on both sides of the computer. Yep. And we're lucky, uh, we're lucky he and our other daily assist guests, too, but uh, we're lucky they uh, they come on with us once a week. It's pretty dang cool. Yep, no doubt. We're live here at the warehouse. 1825 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. In fact, this weekend, we'll talk to Clayton a little bit about this, but you come in and you say B-O-O-M, boom, and they're going to take an additional 10% off, basically the already best price on the planet. Sounds good to me. How's that couch? <laughs> Mighty fine. You drink it How's in? yours? Oh, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Uh, this thing is so nice. And uh, if you look at that tag over there, the one I'm sitting on is basically $1,000 off. That's all. A I grand. I can't read my tag over there. Of course you can't. Yeah, uh, let's see. Bit. Oh, man. All right. So the marked uh, price, uh, $4,524. Boom it out, Gordon. 2825 And they come in and say, B-O-O-M, boom. Another 10% is coming off. It's that easy. That's that's what we're talking about. <laughs> so come in and take advantage of it. They have uh, uh, all sorts of uh, other great deals going on. Uh, the, a uh, solid King Deluxe adjustable base with all the bells and whistles, USB ports, massage, LED lights. Uh, this Pioneer Day weekend, you get your choice of gel-infused memory foam or pocket coil hybrid, Gordon. The whole package, twenty-one ninety-nine. Sounds good to me. You can afford it at the warehouse. Price is so low to blow your mind. 1825 South, 300 West. We'll have more coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. In college at San Diego State, a guy texts in, my neighbors the U's thought about naming their son after Marshall Falk. Thought about it? Why didn't they do it? You're, you're not catching on, Dave. What's their last name? You're just oh, so Oh, yeah, you're right. Here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I was going for Marshall U. <laughs> no, no. Oh, I got it now. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> you're so freaking naive, Dave. This is why we love you. You're not exactly you. a street smart guy. <laughs> Marshall U's not that bad. No, no, no. I think it's more the last name. So you name. really like the Thunder and Herd, do you? Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. This is The Big Show with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson, presented by Big O Tires, with the lowest price on every tire, every day, with no credit needed financing options available. Big O Tires, the team you trust. It's The Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. 
want to remind you about our friends at Zero Res. When I get the carpets cleaned, it's not just clean, it's Zero Res clean, and I won't have it any other way. Just $33 per room clean, plus a fourth room is free. You deserve the best. You deserve Zero Res. Schedule with Zero Res today. Gordon, I'm trying to, to, to think about the best way to, uh, to phrase this topic with you here. Um, have you ever, uh, what are some startling admissions in the world of sports? Stuff you didn't think somebody would admit, but they admitted it. Like Pete Rose hung on to the I didn't gamble for so long and then eventually was like, well, yeah, I did. Well, there's a certain uh, bike racer that uh, finally came around, to, you know, admitting Lance. he had uh, he had done some some wrong after know. destroying I... certain people's careers along the way. I mean, can we think of any any admissions from the the coaching realm where they said, uh, you know, I did this wrong or that was the wrong thing to do? Didn't John L. Smith have a famous walk off interview where he talked about how the coaches are screwing it up? Uh, you know. I think he did. But usually when you hear a coach talk that way, he's talking very generally along the lines of, well, we need to do a better. You know, first they first they talk about all the dumb things that the players did. And then they say, well, we got to coach them up better. Yeah, that's not really not, an admission not, per yeah, se. Yeah. Yeah. It's more like covering, <laughs> covering territory. Uh, kind of loosely taking responsibility while also casting responsibility onto others. It's but not what, often that I've heard ever heard a coach say, oh, man, I really screwed up on that. To admit, like, yeah. I, what about in baseball where somebody makes a pitching change or something and, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Do we get that all that often? I shouldn't have pulled Monson in the fifth, you know. Let's ask Mr. Baseball. I don't know. I, don't, I think that's Gordon, pretty rare, too. Can you, uh, Austin, can you think of any startling admissions in the world of sports? Uh, th- this isn't really an admission, but you remember when Kyle Whittingham pretty much lost the game? It was it against Washington by calling that really ridiculous yes. timeout. Uh, yeah. Yes. And he half admitted to it in the post. You know, he never did, though. Down on it. And, yeah. he, that was, I'm so glad you brought that up, Austin, because that, that, that situation was prime for, uh, <laughs> yeah. I probably would have done that differently if I had to do it again. one way for Washington to get the ball back, right? And- <laughs> right. And that was it. You know, and, and Witt doubled down on it in the post game. And I thought, okay, well, let's see him in the press conference now. When after he has a chance to watch film and kind of sit on it a little bit. Nothing. Because that, it was the mistake that cost them the game. Yes, I remember. I mean, it cost them the game. And he doubled down on it again at his press conference. He's like, we've got the best punter, blah, blah, blah. I don't even know what he said. But he was like, I'll, I'll take our chances with that. It's like, no. It's really no. rare. Jake, that was a huge it's, mistake. It's really rare. Okay. Uh, it's really rare. Well, how about this one? All right. This is in the news. Uh, this actually was in the news yesterday, but uh, we didn't quite get to it. Um, Jerry Jones oh. uh, was asked about Jimmy Johnson. And Jerry Jones says, uh, and, and this is uh, a little bit out of context because he told an anecdote before he got into this. So he uses like a, a bad word here, but it's not like it fit in with the anecdote that he told before. But anyway, uh, he said, quote, he's a great coach and I'm proud to have him as a friend and proud to have the times that we we just had a great experience. I've never been able to know why I bleeped it up. Unquote. Oh, wow. Good for him. Here's here's one of the great like 
uh, ego battles yes. in the history of sport. Uh-huh. You know, who deserved credit for those incredible <laughs> Dallas Cowboys teams in the 90s? Was it uh, Jerry Jones or Jimmy Johnson? And, and Jerry, his, you know, historically runs off Jimmy because he can't share the spotlight and Jimmy's getting all the credit. And, you know, since then they win the one Super Bowl with Switzer and then a whole lot of desert wasteland in <laughs> cowboy land yeah and uh and jones he said that I, I always thought that that was one of those things where even if he felt that jerry jones's ego was so big that he would never admit that never yeah. in a million years that jimmy johnson was you know a big part of the reason that that cowboys team was so good teams were so good so let me ask you a question from a public relations standpoint does that make it better for Jerry Jones or worse? To make to, what to, better to or admit worse? To admit that it? you made a mistake. Because let me give you my thought. I think that's endearing. I think that that I think more highly of Jer because he did that as opposed to thinking, yeah, you idiot. You really did screw that up. Well, I think they're. I'm with you. I think there because is. a lot of people aren't going to say anything about it because they don't want to draw attention to it. I think there is virtue in being able to admit when you're wrong. Yeah. Now, let's be careful not to give this man so much credit because that was 30 years ago or whatever, <laughs> 25 years ago. So let's not. I mean, he didn't exactly. He wasn't exactly in a hurry to make this. 25 admission. years from now, Jake, I'll be coming to you. You know, you know Jake, I, I, you were right back then, and. <laughs> And I will appreciate it, but uh, you know, a little, a little steam is taken off the gesture with the uh, <laughs> with the with, passing with, of the years, yeah, with the passage of time. Um, but I, I've got to admit, I was, I was a little bit surprised because Jera doesn't strike me as somebody who admits when they're wrong ever. And so I, I agree with you. I guess you know, does he benefit? I don't think this matters in the overall perception of Jerry Jones. I think that die has probably been cast. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe he wins a new, another Super Bowl and, uh, you know, adds to his legacy or whatever. But I, I do think um, I do think that was unexpected. Unexpected and yet a critical mistake. Because I, I, I just, when I see things like that fall apart on account of ego, you just, you want to grab the two guys and say, and shake them. And say, what? What is wrong with you? You got a good thing going here. Keep it going. Well, same, and it's same not... thing with uh, with Kobe and Shaq when they had their. I mean, the Lakers. How many championships do you think they could have won if they'd kept that thing together? I don't know. Shaq was getting awfully fat, awfully fast. <laughs> All right, whatever. But there are situations where, where just out of pride or or whatever ego, uh, things get messed up when they shouldn't be. How about how about this one? Uh, you, you know, Darren Williams kind of had a little mea culpa with Jerry. That's true. A couple of years ago, he did say that. And and Darren, you know, seemed to, uh, or at least privately, you know, or, or at least seemed to express some sort of regret for how it all turned out. And uh, that, you know, you got to swallow some ego to make that admission. When when Darren first came to the Jazz. Um, and, and and Jerry was slow to give him playing time. And he started Milt Palacio, and who was oh. the other guy? Keith McLeod. And, and and I'm telling you right now, Darren Williams. He he told me, uh, and this is a direct quote. He said, "I hated him for that." He said, "We would have made the playoffs if I had been gotten more time." 
and but and and they they worked it out for a while, and then when it when it came to a head, I I, I respect Aaron Williams more for for coming forth and saying that because people make mistakes sometimes. We all do. Yeah, but few people admit admit them, which yeah. is kind of the the initial topic of right. This. But that that gets back to what I said. Don't you don't you have more respect for Darren Williamson coming out and saying that than you would if he stayed silent? No, I I do, but it also is is somewhat maddening sometimes because like you know people in sports, coaches, players, whatever, they just think everybody is so dumb. Maybe that's what bothers me about the Kyle Whittingham thing so much is like, how dumb do you think we are? <laughs> like it was mathematically don't answer that. it was mathematically impossible for them to accomplish. What Coach Witt was trying Defeat. to accomplish by calling that timeout. <laughs> like, the math didn't work. There wasn't enough time. Okay. All right. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, well, you know, Coach, you can't win them all. And come out and say, well, probably shouldn't have called that timeout. That probably wasn't the best move in the world. But we'd all move on tomorrow. But to come out and be like, nope, I'll do it again. I've talked with coaches privately and had them admit mistakes. That they never admitted publicly. What about like Daryl Bevel on the whole Marshawn Lynch, just give Marshawn Lynch the ball <laughs> thing, you know? Yeah. Like I could see why that makes fans mad because coaches will be like, nope, I was right the whole time. They're like, no, you weren't. <laughs> no, you weren't, no, you weren't right at all. Case. Come on. I mean, what's his name? Uh, the head coach of the Niners. Um, oh, Shanahan. Uh, oh. Shan- I was about to say Schottenheimer. Shanahan. Right, right. Uh-huh. He, he lost the Super Bowl for the Falcons. He lost the Super Bowl for the Falcons. All he had to do was run the football, and the time would have expired. You mean when when they were up twenty eight to three? When they were beating the Patriots, all he had to do was not get cute. <laughs> and, and they ended up resist. throwing it, giving it back himself. to Tom, and the rest is history. <laughs> Did we hear Shanahan during his introductory press conference with the Niners go? You know what? Before I, I thank everybody for getting this current job, I got to tell you. I blew that Super Bowl. I owe everybody a huge apology. Let me just start from Arthur Blank and let's move our way on down because I blew that one. What about the cases where somebody has a good idea in mind and it doesn't work out? Should they? Well, see, I think that's that? th- that's most mistakes in sports, right? No, nobody is going in saying, "I know I'm, what I'm going to mess gonna, this up on purpose, totally screw this up." You know, that's why I think. I'd, I'd like to see more admissions because I think everybody's pretty forgiving in those circumstances, uh, like high pressure <laughs> moments and those sorts of things. If somebody comes out and said, you know what, I would, I'd do it differently if I had to do it again, but I was faced to it. I had to make a split decision and I made the wrong one. Did, People forgive that sort of thing. Did the one and only Dick Buffetta ever come forward and apologize for his... See, uh, referees are the only ones I don't think that ever should. They should <laughs> never just let us believe that you think you made the right call. Just let us <laughs> let us have our illusions. I don't want to hear from referees ever. Oh, I remember Frank telling a story about uh, him confronting Dick Buffetta after that. And let's just say it was a rather colorful conversation. Frank Layden? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what Dick Bavetta can say because, I mean, you can go back and look and see that he was wrong. Yeah, but at least at least let me think that you think you were right. 
<laughs> Why? That just that just makes is that some sort of privilege? But but in this case, you, you know, you, it's kind of funny because you have stepped into the exception to the rule. In this case, do you do you what does it do if Dick Vavetta? What does it do for you if he admits that he was wrong? Nothing. <laughs> I'm starting to come around on this, Jake. Because like, if if you win the lottery. But you didn't watch the lottery numbers be revealed, and then you lost the ticket, and you never knew that you won the lottery. It's better to not know, right? It's better to not know. That's a great example, Austin. Uh, Did you see the 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 fight that broke out in Brazil <laughs> between the two soccer teams over uh, a replay, over a controversial replay? They're like people being charged with felonies. They're like people going to jail. Just just let me think that you think that you made the right call. Let's get rid of review, <laughs> and let's just go back to the way it was. Maybe in extremely painful situations that will do nothing but pick the scab off the line. I just love those final two-minute reports. Like, the NBA thinks that they're they're actually accomplishing something by doing it, you know? <laughs> well, half the time, they still don't get it right. Isn't uh, that the case? All right. And that's what you want. Not, right, like, right. Just get it wrong, and then I can call you a bozo, and then we move on with life. <laughs> I don't want you to come back and say, yeah, I know I cost the team the game, but I was wrong. <laughs> I don't want to hear it from referees. I'd love to hear it from coaches and players. I don't want to hear it from referees. I don't know if that's always the case. I mean, it, sometimes an admission, a confession of sin would be helpful. No. <laughs> You'd make a lousy priest, wouldn't you? <laughs> Correct. Somebody comes in, starts confessing. Goes, ah, no, no, no. But anyway, the point, it. Jerry Jones admitting that, <laughs> that he made a mistake with the Jimmy Johnson thing is something I, I did not think that I would witness. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people have that opinion that Jerry screwed it up by, by parting ways with Jimmy. By thinking he was smarter than yeah. Jimmy and could uh, take over all, all matters with the team, including personnel matters. It's just interesting to see him admit that after all these years. And apparently he and Jimmy still maintain some sort of relationship. Sounds That's like pretty it. cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, stay tuned. Not Sports Port is next live from The Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Come on in. Price is so low to blow your mind. Mention B-O-O-M, boom, this weekend, and they're going to take an additional 10% off that already rock-bottom price. Now is the time. Come on in here to The Warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Get your college football fix every day at 1.30 as the Zone counts you down to the start of the 2021 season by listing off the top 60 players in the state of Utah as voted on by the local media. You'll also hear from the coaches as they talk about the players that will impact their season the most. It's the Top 60 and 60, weekdays at 1.30. Presented by Cypress Credit Union and ICON. On your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. 97.5-1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Oh, hey guys. Jake here from my friends at Zero Res. And declare yourself free from dirt spills and pet accidents with Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. July is for celebrating hiking, boating, and all things fun in the sun. Keep your weekend free and easy and let Zero Res do the work for you with their patented process. Let me take you through it. First, 
they use the ZR lifter, which has counter-rotating brushes and pulls all of the gross hair and dust stuck deep into your carpet fibers that the vacuum, of course, misses. Then their patented wand rinses your carpet fibers while simultaneously sucking the water back up, meaning uh, they don't flood your carpet so they'll dry faster. And last but not least, Zero Res uses water to clean, which means no harsh soaps, no gross chemicals left behind to turn into dirt-attracting residue. The result, your carpets get cleaner and they stay cleaner longer. You've got to experience the Zero Res difference for yourself. And this month, they've got a great deal going for Zone listeners. Call them today. Tell them Jake from The Zone sent you. They're going to hook you up just $33 per room of carpet cleaned, and they're going to throw in the fourth room for free. So call them, 801-288-9376. That's 801-288-ZERO. You can also go online for easy scheduling, ZeroResSaltLake.com. And up north, ZeroResDavisWeber.com. That's ZeroRes. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It's a big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. It is time for the Not Sports Board, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Check them out online, lhmusedcars.com. Gordon, where are we going today? Going across the pond, and then we're coming back to Florida. All right? Okay. So, uh, it's been really hot of late in England. And uh, so hot, they say, that some of the roads are melting. Melting. Now, when you think of that, you think, wow, it must be really, really hot. Well, everyone over there is complaining about the heat. But it said that it had a high of like 32 degrees and change Celsius. You know what that is, Fahrenheit? What? I mean, like 89 or 90 degrees? Jeez, they're soft over there. I suppose so. They're just not used to it like we are. Well, you enjoy it in a sick way. We're, we're toughened up over here. All right, so, Jake, a Florida man uh, who, I guess, is uh, works on people's lawns in the neighborhood, he's walking down the street, and he sees a man that he recognizes from the neighborhood okay. driving his car and he has, uh, like, some sort of uh, seizure. Jeez. Okay. So the car rolls up onto the lawn of another neighbor in the neighborhood. And the, uh, the, the guy, but as it was rolling up on the lawn, he had already run over because he saw that the guy was having uh, a problem, a health problem. So he runs over, and he actually slows the car down with his bare hands. Wow. Hero. A hero. And so... You think then he starts yelling to other neighbors, the neighbors whose lawn the car rolled up on, for to call for help. And <laughs> instead of helping the other neighbors, as this man is convulsing inside the car, one of their neighbors, they start yelling, Get off our lawn, get the man out of here, have him die somewhere else. <laughs> Are you kidding me? 
I have mean, him die somewhere else because they were worried about their lawn? Okay, get so off my lawn. I, I, I said it, get off my lawn now. Admittedly, I am get off my lawn guy. I really am. I've I've yelled that before. You I, have really, yeah. Sure, uh, so it, it, no, I have. I promise you, I at have. middle schoolers. At middle schoolers, <laughs> yes, I have. I've even called the school to complain about it. But uh, so I'm admittedly get off. <laughs> admittedly, get off my lawn, guy. But this seems a little cold. That, that seems a little bit, you know. Get off our lawn. Get the man out of here. Have him die somewhere <laughs> else. That's cold, fam. <laughs> Whatever happened to love your neighbor? And and this man's the guy who is trying to help. His name's Tony. He recognized, like I said, the man in the car as a neighbor from that street. And, and he's yelling for the other neighbors to call for help. And so instead, since they, he got that reception, he ran to the man's house and, uh, and informed uh, his family to, uh, to get help. And so help arrives, and they save the man's life. So it does have a happy ending. That's yes. Good. That's, that's good. Have him and so, die somewhere else. And so the man, so the man <laughs> later called the sheriff's office and said, uh, I, I want to talk to Tony. He saved my life. Can you put me in touch with him? And this guy is a neighborhood is hero. That, that, that might be the worst neighbor move ever. Get off my like lawn. Like the most amazing neighbor move ever. This guy who like jumps in front of the car and, and is obviously a, a hero. A like, like super neighbor with juxtaposed to worst neighbor in history in the very same story. Don't get any blood on my driveway either. <laughs> get off my lawn. Have him die somewhere else. Can you imagine yelling that at somebody? Get the man out of here. Have him die somewhere else. (laughs) uh, Who is the most likely on staff to be that neighbor? Scotty's really into his lawn, but I don't see him doing that. (laughs) I don't think anybody's quite that cold. Oh, well, I mean, I think Lloyd is, but (laughs) anybody outside of Lloyd? No, I don't think so. I don't think you so. You could see Hatch yelling that at somebody. Totally. <laughs> yeah, okay. Hatch hey, might Jimmy, be the answer. John, get off my lawn. <laughs> Die somewhere else. Die somewhere else? Oh, really? Man, Have we reached that point? That of... is so brutal. It reminds me of a time. And where's my change? This reminds you of a time? It reminds me of a time. And this it is, does. Yeah, it reminds me of a time I was ri- as a kid, and I was riding my bike with some friends and there was a parked car in front of a house and my friend distracted me i was just a young kid young kid my friend distracts me and i run into the back end of his car and the handlebars hit me in a region that i don't really need to get into detail about but i fell to the ground and was rolling around on the street the groin is pretty important and the guy whose car it was was inside the house, and he saw it. And he comes running out and starts yelling at me. I'm writhing in pain on the ground, and he's yelling at me for running into his car. I'd be laughing at you, but yeah. It was, it was you know, could have What been. did you say to the guys that dropped their license plate on your car that one day, Gordon? Oh, I was, I was very, uh, I, I didn't say anything. Which it's was, pronounced Porsche. Which was a good thing. Right on the hood. 
Yeah, they did. They chipped my hood with a license plate. You would have told them to go die somewhere else. No, I didn't. I didn't. I was right there, <laughs> and I didn't say a word. But had they then long. started dying? Go die somewhere else. Exactly. Please, people. Restore my faith in humankind. Tell me that is an extremely rare exception. That is the coldest thing I've ever heard. That is that is the bad neighbor award right there. And Tony, like you said, the He's hero. He's the hero. Yeah, saved a life. He no Spider-Man's thanks. the car to a halt. <laughs> no thanks to these Who two. All to have living? Clint Eastwood say, get to stepping. Who's, li- who's living the better life? Tony or this guy yelling, get off my lawn? I'm going with the get off my lawn guy. <laughs> the groin is pretty important. Oh, Die somewhere else. Oh, that is terrible. All right, we're here at the warehouse, eighteen twenty-five South, three hundred West. And listen, if uh, if you've been shopping and and not able to find a mattress, that's actually a really common thing. Uh, they've got a or maybe even an adjustable base in stock. They have mattresses and adjustable bases in stock here. Gordon, we're looking right at them. Yes, we are. Eighteen twenty-five South, three hundred West. They are ready to go. You can get a Split King Deluxe adjustable base with all of the bells and whistles. This is the Monson edition. USB ports, massage, and LED lights. Didn't you get that? Didn't you get the one yeah. with the with all the goodies? I did. Yeah, you like it? Yeah, right? I do. Yeah. I have it too. Austin also with all the bells and whistles. You like yours, Aust? Oh yeah, it's yeah. the best thing I've ever purchased. Ever. Well, they <laughs> have them. They have them here, and the mattresses too. They've got a deal going this Pioneer Day weekend. Your choice of gel infused memory foam or pocket coil hybrid. Only twenty eight ninety nine. This includes the base and the mattress, and this is the you know the top of the line. So take advantage of that. You're not going to find a deal like that any other place. And right now this weekend, if you come in and say B O O M boom, <laughs> they're going to give you an additional ten percent off the already best deal on the planet. It's what the if, warehouse. What if you put an extra O in there? Boom. Uh, they'll probably forgive you. I don't know. Uncle Clayton's kind of a stickler, though. So, <laughs> B-O-O-M, boom. Extra 10% off. More Big Show coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. The commissioner of the Mountain West Conference, Craig Thompson. When I talk to the football players, I'm going to say, guys, I understand it. You're American. It's your God-given right. You choose. Vaccinate. Don't vaccinate. But if you do not vaccinate, there is a cause and effect. There will be consequences. You will test. You will contact trace. You know, the coaches were even talking to the point that uh, I've got this player who's not vaccinated. Maybe I'll run him with threes and a fours because I don't know if he'll be good to go Saturday. And I got a guy who's a half step slower and two inches shorter, but he's vaccinated and I know he'll be able to play. So, son, jump up there and run with the ones and twos because you're on the plane. Hanson Scotting, weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.